everybody. This is Chris. And Kathy. We wanted to take a minute to thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate every listener and are grateful for this platform. Please help us share our vision by subscribing to our show through your favorite streaming app. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Petability Podcast. Check out our ever-growing list of affiliates and sponsors. Simply go to the show notes for information and links. And be sure to use our promo code PETPOD22, that's P-E-T-P-O-D-2-2, on checkout to receive your discount from our affiliates. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Alon Landa, CEO of MedcoVet, and I'm a proud sponsor of Petability. We decided to partner with Chris and Kathy because, like them, we want to empower all pet owners who are trying to do the most for their pets. At MedcoVet, we specialize in advanced home laser therapy for pets. Laser therapy is a safe and effective treatment for common conditions like arthritis and wounds, and it relieves pain for most conditions caused by inflammation. With MedcoVet, pet owners can perform this treatment at home while receiving support from experienced clinicians. If you think your pet would benefit from healing at home, visit MedcoVet.com, and one of our clinical experts will work with you to determine if home laser therapy is the right fit for you and your pet. Tell them PetAbility sent you. Welcome to PetAbility. I'm your host, Kathy Simons. And I'm your host, Chris Cranston. Our podcast provides interviews and information to help your pets live their best lives. Today, we are thrilled to interview someone who has literally become a household name for those of us in the canine rehabilitation community, the person behind Toe Grips, Dr. Julie Busby. Dr. Busby has been an integrative veterinarian for nearly 23 years, having earned certification by the American Veterinary Chiropractic Association in 1998 and by the International Veterinary Acupuncture Society in 2002. Dr. Busby is passionate about the power of our relationships with dogs and our ability to positively impact quality of life as dogs age by engaging higher quality of care along the way. She serves as an advisory board member for the Gray Muzzle Organization to help improve the lives of at-risk senior dogs. Welcome, Dr. Busby. I am so honored to be here speaking with you brilliant ladies. I have so much just respect and awe for what you do. Thank you. Oh, touche. Thank you. Thank you. I have to say I'm very excited about um, featuring Toe Grips on our show today. Chris and I actually did an entire uh, episode not that long ago just exclusively alone on on, on traction and the importance of traction or your dog's gaining traction in the home um, and how it really uh, affects their their daily lives and how important that is. Um, and I also, as you know, I'm a big fan because I use them for my own dog, as you know. <laughs> so I'm very excited about that. And when Chris and I first started doing rehab, there was nothing like this on the market. And we were we were scrambling with ways to come up to to prevent dogs from slipping. So I'm really interested to hear from you. How did you come up with this idea? Well, I love to brag about how brilliant toe grips are because they're not my idea. A client of mine, yeah, a client of mine came up with the idea and I had the same feeling that you did of like, 
I have been looking for this my whole career, but I just didn't know what it looked like because slipping is such a big issue, not only physically, but also in terms of the emotional toll that it can take on a dog's quality of life. So this client came to our open house at the vet hospital. I had acupunctured his 15-year-old Australian shepherd named Morgan several times, and he comes up and he has this little prototype on the dog's toenails, and he says, look what I did for Morgan. And he had me at hello. I just, my hair (laughs) stood up, like my life passed before my eyes. And I just was so, my my mind really began filling with all the patients. And he didn't say anything else besides that. And and I just was so excited because I understood that dogs inherently use their nails for traction. And no one had ever thought about putting traction devices on the toenails to just enable natural biomechanics. So and the rest is history. You know, Chris had said something in our previous podcast that about toe grips that was brilliant. The traction goes with you. The traction goes Ooh, with your dog cool. wherever you go. You can go to the groomer. You can go to Aunt Susie's house with the gleaming floors. You can go to the vet. The traction goes with you. It's with the dog all the time. So that's it's brilliant. Absolutely. That's it. Actually, I came up with a slightly better uh, tagline, and uh, feel free to use it, Doctor Busby, and we'll uh, talk to our we'll talk to our lawyers later. Uh, yeah, I'll send you one. So I'm like traction that travels, right? So Ooh, that's so good. Yep, traction that travels. I, I like it myself, um, and uh, I. I want you to explain uh, for those who didn't listen to our previous podcast yet, and I'm sure they will go back and, and listen to the one all about traction, but can you explain what toe grips are and go into a little bit more detail about how they work? Sure. So if you live in, in a house with wall-to-wall carpet, you don't need toe grips because your dog doesn't have a problem with traction. And that's why rugs, runners, throw rugs, yoga mats, they work. I don't disagree with that. They work fine, but it's exactly what you just said. Inevitably, these dogs end up going to lie on the cold, hard floor and have to get up off the floor and travel around other parts of the home. So a dog's natural mechanism for traction is to engage the nails like soccer cleats. And that's why it works in surfaces where they can get those nails like dug in, for lack of a better word. But hard nails can't grip hard floors. And so all we do is use these these custom engineered, um, this, this material is a custom engineered material to get the right amount of grab. And it just gives the nails a little bit of grip. Turns out it doesn't take much. And then they get, um, they get the traction back. So does that, that traction, once it hits the, when, the little cylinder, once it hits the floor, it creates sort of a, a grip zone, if you will, some sort of gripping, or would you call it like a right. grip zone? Yeah. That's exactly what we call it, the grip zone. So the dog's already trying to engage the nail, and normally the hard nail would just slip, and now it's got enough purchase on the floor that it grabs. Nice. So one of the things I really like, Dr. Busby, is that that it is natural. You know, um, you say that it uses the dog's innate biomechanics, the natural gripping mechanisms, that this works, quote, naturally. And unlike so many other products that may be out there on the market that we're trying to use not exactly for this, um, but it's like before this came along, it was the next best thing, it wasn't necessarily natural. Um, You know, trying to put uh, booties or socks or something like that on on the pet, and oftentimes it made it worse because 
the dog then lost its its contact with the ground, if you will. It created weight. It was clumsy or cumbersome. And in the case of socks, who even if you had uh, some grippies on the bottom, they would twist around and they're actually more slippery. So uh, do you have any other other comments on that? I do. I think the the first thought in, in solving the problem of dog slipping was to do what we do for people. But dogs aren't people, as we know. They're quadrupeds, completely different different gating mechanisms. So we made boots and we made socks because that's what we would do for people. And one of the main issues I have with boots and socks, and of course I do use them in my practice for other reasons. I mean, they're appropriate for dogs who have a cut paw pad or who have an issue with snow or some other reason that their paws shouldn't be in contact with the ground, but not for traction. I remember reading a story on the Veterinary Information Network. It was an interview with the head veterinarian who took care of the dogs who worked on September 11th at the Pentagon. Mm. And this, this veterinarian said the dogs that were working the pile, they weren't wearing boots. And the reason was they needed every little bit of proprioception that they could get to maintain their balance and navigate the pile. And like a light bulb went off in my head and I said, exactly. I totally get that. There are next to the jaw, I think the toes, or I don't know how it ranks, but the toes and the jaw are certainly the top of the list in terms of just the proprious, the amount of proprioceptive receptors in the body. And so when we obliterate them by putting them in socks and, and boots, we actually do a disservice to these dogs who are often older or have some sort of a disability and are already struggling, and then we, we make it worse. So that's another thing I love about toe grips is not only – do they help with traction, but they actually improve proprioception a little bit by adding proprioceptive stimulus, whereas boots and socks tend to, I think, cover that over and, and, and disable a dog's natural mechanism for more than just traction. So do you think that, you know, by applying the toe grips to the toenail, in a sense, the dogs actually are getting signals, they feel that they have them on the toenail, and that gives them some information? I can't fully explain it, but I'm sure it's true. And I don't know if it's because of just this minuscule amount of weight that the brain picks up or minuscule amount of pressure. I don't know because they're both seemingly insignificant. But I've gotten a lot of feedback over the years, and it first came from the rehab world that dogs actually are getting proprioceptive stimulus from toe grips, and there's an improvement that's happening beyond just traction in, in some dogs. I won't say it's all dogs. The traction should be instant. The proprioceptive stimulus may take four to six weeks to see to see a bump. And if a dog has proprioceptive deficits, toe grips won't stay on by themselves, just the normal mechanism of them kind of creating a vacuum on the nail. We do use a little super glue to affix them to the nail because any sort of dragging or scuffing will pop them off. Dr. Busby, we've thrown this term proprioception around a bit. Uh, can we remind our listeners that may not be familiar with that technical jargon what proprioception is? Sure. Proprioception, I think, in its simplest terms is just the body's awareness of where it is spatially, so where the body is in relation to gravity and where the body is just in space, so being aware of, of where you are in, with, with, uh, with respect to contact with the ground. Excellent. So, Kathy, I don't know if you realize this. You probably don't. But I talk about you guys all the time uh, to other veterinarians. So, Sterling Impression Animal Rehab Center were one of the early adopters of toe grips. And, by the way, a thousand thanks for that. But I got a, an email or a call from, from one of the, I think it was one of the staff members. 
And they said the doctor here, Dr. McMillan, wants to try toe grips for her own dog, Norman, who is neurologic, has deformed toenails, and of course, he's the dog who is owned by the owner of the practice. And I'm thinking, oh, great, like, no pressure here. <laughs> this is a big no problem. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I set off a pack of show grips with like a prayer, like, oh, please let this go well, because we, we there's a few variables there that were not your traditional, you know, dog with traction issues trying toe grips. And several weeks later, I got the reply that toe grips were helping Norman not just on slippery surfaces, but on any surface. And the conclusion that Dr. McMillan had come to was that they were providing proprioceptive stimulus. And I had seen this in my own practice, but I'd never put words to it. And so the light bulb went on. So I owe... I owe your practice, Dr. McMillan, and certainly you over the years, just a huge thank you because that was really a game changer in what just, let alone for our company, but just for me as a veterinarian, how I use the product. It really was a game changer for Norman as well because I, I've i known Norman his whole life and it was true by the time he he was a senior guy, he was having some um, neurologic uh, neurologic uh, deficits and he was having trouble. And of course, he goes to the veterinary office, which you know, you've never seen a veterinary practice with a carpet ro- rolled out all the way, right? There, you're skating across those floors, and you know we do that, you know, because it's easier to keep floors clean and rather than than carpet our entire practice, um, and and accidents and so forth. But it changed everything for him, um, and then that actually leads me into something I really wanted to talk to you about about confidence in dogs, and because I'm always interested in how we can impact a dog's emotional life. And I remember a conversation that you and I had quite some time ago that was really, uh, really made an impact on me because you said, Kathy, the fear of falling for these dogs is very real, right? And so I say to Chris, it's got to be real. If you went out on your porch every day and you fell every day, you wouldn't go out there. So I think this is a huge quality of life issue um, about building confidence and not having the dog not feel helpless or isolated or what what I typically call trapped on carpet island. You know, you only have one carpet in your house and your dog is stuck there because it can't get to you. Can you talk a little bit about confidence and how how important it, it is and how it impacts these dogs' lives when they realize they can move without fear? Absolutely. This is so important to me because I think it's really under-considered in veterinary medicine. I remember talking to a colleague whom I love. I've known her forever, and I, she's a fabulous veterinarian. And I was talking to her about confidence in dogs and how excited I was to see these changes with toe grips. And she said offhandedly, I don't care about my patient's confidence. Like, that's just uh, not something ouch. in veterinary medicine that, you know, that <laughs> wow. you measure. I mean, she, I don't think she meant it rudely, but she was like, you know, that's, that's anthropomorphic almost, I think was the impression that, that she got. But it is huge. I mean, you can see it. I'm sure you have seen it, but I, you can see it in our before and after videos. There's this change in their their ear set, their posture. I mean, their whole their whole top line, like their their facial expression. There's just there's this change from fear and tension and anxiety, and it's very quick to. Like almost first they go through this phase of almost like wonder, like, whoa, this doesn't, this is feeling pretty, pretty good, pretty secure. And then this just newfound confidence and, and they just, they're just exuding a joy and quality of life. Absolutely. We know for a fact, I mean, the fear-free movement is now huge in veterinary medicine. We know fear impacts quality of life. 
And, and yet we really, I don't think, talk about it enough when it comes to just the surfaces that dogs live on. Right. And I, I recommend it for, um, for patients who are blind, because you know that I've had several blind dogs. And one of the first things I tell people when they're trying to build their dog's confidence after their dogs have lost their vision is, is put the toe grips on, do the toe grips, because I want these dogs to have a confidence. And I, I, I don't want to see these dogs or any dog feel isolated not be able to engage with their family, not be able to um, engage in things that bring them joy, right? And so I think it's important because, you're, like you said, confidence is quality of life. Isolation is, is, not, is, is not fun. Helplessness, feelings of helplessness is not fun. So um, I recommend them all the time for dogs that have blind dogs to, to help with their confidence building as well. You mentioned the term carpet island. I mean, that's a real thing, whether it be, you know, dog bed island or carpet island or one room in the house island. This, this concept of isolation, dogs are pack animals. They don't want to be isolated someplace because they can't physically make it to the location where their family, their pack is, is enjoying time. And so it actually starts to, I don't want to be anthropomorphic here, but I believe this. It actually starts to erode the bond a little bit. I mean, I think the people aren't spending as much time necessarily with the dog because the dog is isolating himself. And maybe that's perceived as, oh, he's old, he's painful, or he's just more tired. And so if we can change that so quickly, of course, not in every case, but there's cases that I've personally been involved with where this is the case. You can change that by giving them traction. Um, I mean, that is just... I get so excited about these silly little dog <laughs> nail rings Me too. because there's so much more. It's like we don't sell toe grips. We sell hope. I mean, we're really affecting the quality of life for not only the dog, but also the people. I mean, they when their dog is feeling more, more confident, is more mobile, is interacting with them, engaging more in family activities. I mean, the, the stories that they write me bring tears to my eyes. And that's, that's really what this is all about. Yeah. And nothing is greater than hearing from that owner saying, my dog um, did something they haven't done in years. My dog uh, picked up her toy and started tossing it around the house. My dog picked up the ball and I go, that spark of life is still there. They were afraid to move, but now they're not. They're, that spark is still there. So, um, what right. I, and that might actually lead us in, Chris, I'm not sure if you were going to go into this, but I'd like to hear about um, Kangaroo from your website. If Absolutely. That was going to be my next I'm question. I'm dying to hear about Kangaroo from, from yeah. I, for our listeners out there, and we'll give the, the website at the end of the show so you can see for yourself, but the clip that's front and center right now is only 14 seconds long, and it's a side-by-side. And you see kangaroo before toe grips and kangaroo after toe grips. And, you know, we're, we were talking about the blind dog thing. And, and not only does this, is this dog blind, but also has one of the other things that toe grips can help with. He's tripod. So missing a limb. Three legs. So tell us about that. Well, first, I'd like to just do this as a tribute because Kangaroo is no longer with us. Um, Kangaroo is a senior dog with a lot of health issues owned by this fabulous woman who is a veterinary technician. And Kangaroo was rescued from a puppy puppy mill situation and just had a lot of genetic uh, strikes against her. And so she ended up losing her sight in both eyes and having both eyes removed and also early on losing one of her legs. And so she was a blind three-legged dog. And I think the owner had tried, I know for a fact she had tried socks 
and they had slipped around. I mean, she, she sent me a video of the socks had slipped around and just weren't a practical solution. And I didn't know anything about kangaroo until one day I get this before and after video in the mail and um, she, she emailed it to us. And there wasn't a dry eye in our company. I mean, from right. from the person who ships our product to, you know, all the way up to me, the whole the whole gamut of us. I mean, we were just weeping with just joy and gratitude for the transition, this transformation in this dog. And um, I think, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words, a video is worth 10,000. So you're right. It's really sweet to see the before and after because it illustrates so much of what we talked about. I mean, she was just creeping along down this hallway, intimidated by the floors. And I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure she had to have lived a more isolated life. And then afterwards, and, and the cool thing is, in the original video, the owner's crying in the after video because she's so stunned because it was instant. She wasn't expecting that. And so she's also crying as she watches this dog and videos this dog like walking down the same hallway to her with, with her tail up and her head up. And you can just see her sass. Absolutely. <laughs> sass. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> So, Dr. Busby and Kathy, let's talk a little bit about some of the other diagnoses, if you will, or conditions that toe grips have helped along the way. I know Kathy and I each have our own personal success stories, and and Dr. Busby, you must have thousands. But I know a lot of times I'm using the toe grips for the senior dogs that have arthritis and so on and so forth, Um, maybe a lot of weakness, and like you said, instant, instant changes. What are some other things that that toe grips help with one of my favorite uses is for dogs with cruciate issues whether that be pre-op post-op or even non-op the very first dog that i put toe grips on shortly after seeing them was a dog that i'd worked on for several years her name was hope and the first time i met hope the owner just literally cried in my office because she thought we're, we're at the end i mean this dog is just in such bad shape hope had had a tplo um, years earlier and she hadn't been, the owner confessed, you know, I just didn't restrict her in the recovery period. There were complications. I didn't want to have to redo a surgery. And so every time she took a step, specifically with her right hind leg, she would just torque that leg out. You could see the rotation. And, of course, that translated all the way up the leg, That uh. those forces. So I was doing, um, she was on all kinds of traditional Western meds, gabapentin, um, tramadol, NSAIDs. She was on a couple different Chinese herbs. She was on two different joint supplements. We were doing a little bit of rehab. I was doing chiropractic and acupuncture and trimming her nails. And we were doing that every three weeks, the, the, the modalities. And I was giving her everything in my toolbox. So when toe grips came, al- came along, the very first person that I thought of was, was Kim and her dog, Hope. And so I called her and I said, you've got to come to my house. And this was, so I, I begged her to come and she said, I'll quit. I'll be there. So she comes and I, I was so excited. I didn't even tell her what it was for. So she shows up and she gets out of her SUV and my, you know, she had never even been to my house before. Well, I, that's not true. She was coming to my house. She was, I was seeing her at the office and doing some home visits at well, but she gets out of the, uh, the SUV and she's like, you didn't even tell me what I was coming for, but you were so excited. And so Hope was having a bad day. As you know, these these guys tend to have some good days and bad days. And she just had a hope. She was having a bad day. She literally hobbled practically four-legged or four out of five lame down my driveway. And the inventor of toe grips, who I referenced earlier, had come to do me a favor and to, to put these on this dog because I really believe they were going to help her. And so we did. And she she flopped over in my in my a pine straw island of my, my house, my landscaping. We put them on. She stood up and she walked back to her 
to her car. She was headed out. <laughs> but she walked back like 80% better. It was insane. So we're all, my husband was there. We're all standing there with our jaw just dropped open. And I knew this dog. This was not some anomaly because I knew this dog so well. And I also knew that we hadn't changed any other variables. And so I think what happens is with dogs with cruciate um, issues, when they step and there's any sort of instability, that, like I said, that torque travels right up to that knee. And I think it just hurts. And so I use toe grips now. For those dogs routinely, if it's pre-op, I'll just use it, you know, till they're stabilized. If it's post-op, I'll just use it for a few weeks in the post-op period. And if it's non-op, I'll use it for a long time. And that's one of the few cases where I use them only on the hind legs if the dog doesn't really have any other issues and isn't a senior with stability issues. So that's one of my favorite uses. And I've seen that, by the way, in other dogs since then. One time I walked into work and there was this lady, like, shedding tears at the reception desk and she said, are you the inventor of toe grips? And I said, no, I'm, I'm just a cheerleader. And she said, well, my, my dog hasn't walked for like three months. And she's with this dog, it was a big black lab, was walking around the waiting room. And the dog wasn't perfect, but the dog was bearing weight on that leg. And she said, she hasn't done that in three months. And so I palpated the dog. And I was pretty sure from palpation that it was a cruciate issue and referred her to her vet. We were not her regular vet at the time, but we had been featured on the front page of the newspaper. And so she had come in she to her in. office just for toe grips. You know, one of the things I like to use um, toe grips for is patients who um, need wheelchairs. And it's particularly dogs that have hind end uh, issues where they're using the wheelchair for their rear end because I feel if they can't get that traction with the front end, that they expend a lot of energy just sort of like wiggling back and forth trying to get that motion to get them to go forward. But if they can make that contact with the ground, that get that traction and that grip, they can move very smoothly and forward with, within that wheelchair. So I'll use them in combination with patients who are in wheelchairs. I think that makes tons of sense. And we have testimonials and really adorable pictures from dogs in wheelchairs with their, their little toe grips on the front for that exact reason. The other thing I want to mention is neuro cases. We talked about the value of proprioceptive stimulus. The other day, I got this video that popped up in my messenger from a friend of mine who works in Pennsylvania, and she said she was at like a lunch and learn kind of event, and there was a neurologist who talked about toe grips a bunch in his talk, and so afterwards, she went up to him, and, he, and she said, hey, can I record what you said about toe grips? Because my friend... You know, it, it, she does toe grips. And so it's such a funny video because he's wearing his, I think he was headed out. He's wearing his backpack. He's holding a wrapped up sandwich in his hand. <laughs> and he's saying, <laughs> and he's like using the sandwich as a prop. And he's saying, you know, I love toe grips. I use them. It's one of my most recommended products. And I use them for so many of my neuro cases just to give those dogs stability. So I want to mention neuro, hind end weakness, hind, neuro issues, yes. dogs recovering from IVDD. If dogs have severe conscious proprioceptive deficits, they're really dragging. I don't use toe grips at that point. I wait until they're able to flip the paw and they just need that traction and and need that stability, and again, proprioceptive stimulus, and I'm gluing them on in those cases. Uh, I, absolutely. I, I wanted to, I'm glad you kind of mentioned, because with the neuro, you know, oftentimes it is the, the rear end that's affected more than the front or even all four, and it, it kind of goes back to just the, the hind end weakness issue, and I think what a lot of owners don't realize is even by putting the toe grips on the front, you know, as Kathy was speaking to with the, the wheelchair dogs, 
it helps so much. And, and, you know, oftentimes people ask, can I just use them on the rear? Because that's where they're weaker. That's where they need the stability and so forth. And I know you speak to Dr. Busby about using it on all four because over time they're compensating and they really need those front limbs to do the work and they're pulling so hard with their front legs and if they can't get that purchase and feel stable on those good legs, then they're behind the eight ball even more. So using them on all four, using them on the front legs, even when uh, maybe they're, they don't have the ability to use their, their hind legs so well because of the neuro deficits or the profound weakness. Uh, so I just wanted to mention that. Absolutely. And I will say just quadrupeds in general get their impulsion from their hind end. So I think the most bang from the buck does come from the hind end. However, they help on the front end too. So why wouldn't we do everything possible to help these dogs? So in, in virtually all cases, like I, I did mention that for a, a cruciate dog, I might only do the hind end if it's not really a stability issue for them, um, just a kind of a rehab issue. But for vir virtually all cases, I am doing them on all four paws. Yes, and a number of diagnoses that we haven't, you know, discussed yet. Uh, you know, any dog with uh, like a sprain or strain, uh, we certainly don't want them to slip more. So I know, like in the agility world, you know, the the iliopsoas strain is is prevalent, and you know, if if they're running around on these New England hardwood floors, they could slip more because those are crazy cuckoo dogs. So you know, putting them on to help them to not, you know, have their feet slip out from under them and prevent further either sprains or strains of other tissues or progress the already known diagnosis. Uh, dogs with hip dysplasia, uh, you know, we've already touched on dogs with amputations. And, you know, it, it just, the list goes on and on and on. I also wanted to talk a little bit about, you spoke earlier about quality of life, and we were talking about confidence with blind dogs and, and such, and, and you were noting kind of how profound the affect of the dog changes. And you mentioned maybe a roach back or kind of that hang dog, you know, their head is, is lowered, um, they're crouched, you know, they're walking with their, their limbs flexed in a crouched position because they're trying to lower their center of gravity because they're insecure about right. walking across that surface. And I think about the chicken or the egg, you know, if the dog is is moving in that way over a prolonged period of time, that's going to lead to all kinds of, of other issues, musculoskeletally, neuromuscularly, putting lots of stress on body parts that aren't necessarily designed to handle that stress in a chronic fashion. Absolutely. I mean, I think one of the things that we deal with as, as veterinarians and rehab practitioners, and correct me if I'm wrong, but we talk about peeling the layers of the onion when we get into um, in some of my chiropractic training for animals. I think a lot of times we're dealing with compensatory injury and we have to kind of peel back until we get to what, what really is the forensics of this injury. Mm. And that's sad because ideally we would catch this early and, and so many of our owners are so conscientious and certainly would want this to try to catch things early or to prevent things. So we don't go down that path because then it, it's much more difficult to correct things once we have all these compound issues. And of course, also the longer they go on and the more chronic they are, the more difficult they are to address. Absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. And I, I just, I can't believe how successful toe grips have been. And you had a statistic on, on your website that toe grips are now in 60 countries and you've wow. sold hundreds of thousands. Is that still accurate or is it even more at this point? 
No, that's accurate. It's it's crazy when I see a seal come through from like the United Arab Emirates or, you know, some crazy country. I'm like, how did, how, how is that possible? <laughs> we have, dist- we have actual distributors. <laughs> right. Exactly. Just the, the amazing World Wide web. Yeah. Um, but we have, we have veterinary distributors, um, MWI veterinary supply is our U S distributor. We have two in Canada, CDMV and WDDC. And then we have one in Europe, one in Hong Kong, one in Japan. Um, it's, it's just really neat to me because Tool grips have, have, they work. So there are helping dogs and people are recognizing that. And there's, there's the being, there's demand being created. And it's such a blessing for me just to be a part of it all. You're helping dogs get a grip all around the world, Dr. Busby. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And and they're selling themselves, it sounds like, you know, because of, of how effective they are, you know. So it's not a hard sell by any means. And I like to interject here that, of course, you know, it would be a snake oil type of sales if I said, these will cure everything for every dog. That's not the case. Patient selection is important. Sizing is important. Proper application is important. And so we know they're not the miracle cure for every dog. And we do offer a money back guarantee because we stand behind the product. That's great. Um, it, that's one of the questions I get to from clients, too, is like, um, some of the frequent questions I get is, are my dogs, are they going to pull them off? How do I know I got the right size? What if I get the wrong size? I'm like, nope, we can always get another size. They do need to be replaced, though. And I, I don't know how often you tell people to replace. I usually just check them when their dogs are in for therapy. How long do they last? It's a great question. So we say one to three months, and it really depends somewhat on size. Typically, they last uh, longer on smaller dogs versus bigger dogs, somewhat on environment, you know, depending on what the dog surface is that they're gating on. But the number one determinant for sure is the quality of the dog's gait. So Hope, the dog that I mentioned early on, where she would just use the toe grips as a crutch. She would stand, when she would walk, she would literally grind them to a pulp. So we would only get a month, you know, somewhere between four and six weeks out of her toe grips. I have a golden uh, retriever patient who's a senior dog, but very sound gated. And she wears them because she slips down her hardwood stairs. But other than that, she's she's really doesn't really have any issues. So she can go like four plus months with her toe grip. So we say one to three months is the range, depending on the dog's gait. And the other thing I want to say, because you brought it up and it's our number one FAQ. I just got back from VMX in Orlando, this huge veterinary show. There were 17,000 people there. And everybody that walked by our booth said, aren't the dogs just going to eat these right off? Mm -hmm. That is so by, it's it's just what everybody assumes. But if you think about it, toe grips are sitting on the caudodistal nail tip, which is not well innervated tissue. And the quick is encased in this, you know, hard keratinized nail. So um, it's not like soft tissue, something in contact with soft tissue where there's you know, direct innervation to what it's contacting. So certainly the vast majority of dogs, I mean, 98 plus percent, not only don't bother with them, they don't even really seem to notice them. Right. I rarely have a dog pull them off. I rarely. I had one occasion where the other dog in the house pulled the toe grips off of that dog that I've never <laughs> seen before. That was very bizarre. But they rarely bother them. Um, and I find the whole process, actually, I think clients sometimes get worked up about the process of measuring and putting the toe grips on. But they really are. It really is a simple process. And you can condition your dog just like you condition your dog to have their nails trimmed, to have their toe grips put on as part of their routine. We just have to do it. You know, some dogs you have to just go slow with. Some dogs don't care. 
some dogs you just have to go easy with and, and, and you know, just acclimate them to putting them on as part of their routine. Um, so it really, to me, you know, once you've, you've put them on once, it's really quite easy. Dogs definitely mind it less than they do having their nails trimmed. That's for sure. Yes. Um, there, there's a little bit of a learning curve, but they're so intuitive. So exactly what you said, like once you got it, you got it. And we do have video tutorials on our website. I did want to say that, yes, in my experience, many owners are quite anxious about the fact that that their dogs may ingest the toe grip. So um, even though I think I've had one case over the number of years that actually took off a toe grip or two, sometimes they do fall off. They get stretched out, they get dirty, they get worn, and they'll fall off. And the owner would come into the clinic and, and oh my God, I can't find the toe grip. Did they eat it? And a huge source of anxiety, but really this is unfounded because they are FDA certified non-toxic if they do eat them. And they're so small that they tend to just pass right on through the, the GI system, right? Yes. Yeah, so for any of us who've worked in the veterinary industry or have even owned and lived with pets, you, you know that anything can happen and lots can go wrong. Uh, so my first thing before I even thought about bringing this product to market, my very first thing that I wanted to know was this issue, could, you know, above all, do no harm. Could they cause harm? And so I talked to several board certified veterinary surgeons and said, what do you think? And the consensus was proportionally for the size of the toe grip to the size of that dog's GI tract, there would be no issues. And so what I can say, I don't feel like I can make any guarantees because dogs aren't mufflers. But what I can say <laughs> is that in the in all the years we've been selling them, so since 2012, we have never had a report of a dog having any sort of GI obstruction, GI problems or issues from ingesting a toe grip. So I, I rest in that track record and do feel very comfortable using them on dogs without any concern. Chris, they're color-coded, too, you know, so for right. size, right? Yeah. So you'll get yeah. reds or smalls and blues or mediums. So I tell people, well, just check your dog's poop. If you see a little red speck or a little blue speck, <laughs> you know it came out the other end. So That's exciting. It's like a treasure hunt. It's like a treasure hunt, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Busby, I think what you might want to consider at some point is, is getting some really cool patterns. Maybe we could get, instead of red, blues, and oranges, maybe we could do cow prints or polka dots or something at some point in the future. Let's get some really... Oh, my heaven. <laughs> we have to do a brainstorm session because I've got okay. lots of ideas. So, yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> and we did touch a little bit on that there are seven sizes. Um, and so they go from really tiny to really huge. And the one thing that I have discovered is that sometimes the, the dog's nails are actually different size from their front feet to their hind feet, with typically the front feet being a little bit larger. So sometimes they need two different sizes, right? That is true. Um, certainly the majority of dogs wear one package, one size, but what you said is exactly right. Sometimes a dog will wear two sizes and the front feet are typically bigger than the hind. Yep. I've had, a, like you said, a very small percentage where that was the case, but uh, it was discovered pretty quickly because either, and they are effortful to get on for good reason, because if it's easy to get on, they're going to be easy to fall off. So, you know, it takes right. a little, little bit of effort, you know, to make sure that they're the right size and, and, and right fit, and that's, that's okay, but if they are easy to get on and they fall off, then I know I need to go to the next size down. So I would say that you know, if the dog is between sizes to go with the smaller size. What do you think, Dr. Busby? 
Totally agree. And again, if someone is in between sizes and they try one size and they discover, you know what, I really think it was the other size, they're always welcome to reach out to us or to their veterinarian through whom they were purchased. And as a company, we will make it right. That's so great because you. you put your name behind this. Yeah. So you're, you're going to... Amen! <laughs> It was a year of working with materials to figure out the, the custom-engineered formula we needed. We have research behind it. We have two different studies that have been done. There's science, um, a phenomenal customer support team. And I really, the end of the day, I mean, you said about my name, and I, and I laughed, but there's a proverb that says a good name is worth far more than great riches, and that is the foundational mantra of our company. I mean, ultimately, we want to do right by our customers. We want to help them. We want to help them help their dogs, and that's what we're all about. I, I still practice as a veterinarian. I have eight children, and I homeschool them, and the last thing I was looking to do was to start a company to sell a dog supply product. <laughs> it was not something that I, not something that I set out as like this is going to be my goal. But mm-hmm. tow grips were so good, and I never really finished the story. The the inventor was just this brilliant man who was working on other projects in the art world, and wasn't interested in doing anything with this as much as I begged him to make this a product so it could help my patients. He just said. Julie, if you feel like you can help dogs with this, go for it. And so he legally assigned us the rights. Um, we're still very close friends. And Toe Groups became my company, my product. I went through the process of getting it patented and registered as a trademark. And um, it's my passion. Yeah. Yeah. And that's clear. That's yeah, definitely that's, clear. If it comes through. I, I, I saw, too, that, that one of your mantras as well is that mobility is a dog's greatest asset. I have a lot of mantras. It really is. (laughs) But I love that, you know, especially for Kathy and me, you know, as as rehabilitation practitioners and so forth, you know, mobility, typically we don't think of it as life or death. You know, there are a lot of medical issues and such that, that would trump the, you know, fact that a dog could is mobile or could walk again or what have you but it's an asset it's something again that goes back to that quality of life issue and means so much you know i often talk to people and say you know eating sleeping and moving you know or what mm-hmm. a dog wants to do you know what they they need for for their um happiness and joy and and so forth so So as we talked about compensatory injury, one of the things I also want to mention is is my passion for dog toenails. And it was really interesting because I had this passion. I've had this my whole career. Even before toe grips came on the scene, I like to joke that um, Michelle Obama had childhood obesity and I had dog toenails as my my platform that I was out there uh, championing. So... Dog toenails are like so overlooked as a major, major source of easy, quick win for dogs' posture and dogs' gait. When dogs' nails are too long, it's essentially like wearing scuba flippers or clown shoes. These dogs have to break over, so they have to lift up their paw, swing it forward into that swing phase of gait and replace it, and they have to go over this extra link that shouldn't be there. So I I was a horse vet in my former life before before all the dog passion. And this is a really big thing. We say no hoof, no horse, but it's the same thing. If dogs' paws aren't working correctly because mobility is so important and because the paws and legs are so critical to that, it's a major problem for, for the dog. So I just wrote an ebook. I'll just put a little plug in here if you don't mind for our ebook. 
uh, how to trim your dog's nails without blood, sweat, or tears <laughs> on the part Great. of you or your dog. Nice. Uh, so that, that'll be coming out any day now, but it's because I think this is just such an underappreciated topic. I know as a veterinarian, almost every dog that I see, I say, you know, your dog could really use a nail trim. Is this something that you're comfortable doing at home? Or do you have a groomer who does it? Or would you like us to do it here? And almost everybody's like, no, I didn't even know. I mean, I had one client say, oh, I just thought he needed to get his nails trim once a year. Oh. I think it's there's an area uh, for need and education on the topic. And people just don't realize how important it is. Because like I said, I don't think it's really talked about. But it impacts the way that the dog stands, the way that the, the nails interface with the ground. So ground, so it impacts posture, and as I said, it impacts gait. I think, Kathy, what do you think? Maybe we should have Dr. Busby back on our show and just talk about toenails. Toenails, and, yes. And describe, <laughs> oh, you know, I would love it. How to yes. how to trim, how often to trim, when do you know, you know, kind of all that stuff. I think it would it would be great. And and we did talk about that a little bit in our previous traction podcast. You know, saying that trimming the dog's foot fur or hair and getting the nail to the proper length prior to applying the toe grip is paramount in its success. Yeah. 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 We are totally um, nerds, the three of us. We're like, yes, toenails, a whole mm-hmm. show. But I would love that. And, and, I, and, she, and Dr. Busby's right. It's, it's something that's, that we overlook in, in maybe even as owners, but also even in the veterinary community. Sometimes we don't think about that. In, in rehab, we think about it all the time. It affects a dog's posture. It affects their gait. It affects everything about their movement if they have to rock back on their feet to make room for their nails. So, yeah, I would love that. <laughs> so, Dr. Busby, one thing I wanted to, to touch on, you know, we are trying to speak to a general pet audience, and we've only talked about dogs so far. Are there other species, such as cats, that, that toe grips can benefit? You know, what's so funny is I get frequent emails asking me to make toe grips for pot-bellied pigs. But um, no, at this moment, (laughs) at this moment, toe grips are only for dogs. And um, I don't have a product for cats. And that's, again, because of above all, do no harm. One, the the retractable nature of a cat's claws. Mm -hmm. I don't know how we would figure that out. But two, I do actually worry about cats ingesting toe grips and, and there being some sort of a GI issue. So I have no product to offer for cats, but I can give an endorsement for cat nail trims <laughs> yeah. and say that I think that's really, really important as well. If you Great. make toe grips for potbelly pigs, please reach out to us. We need, yes. to, know, we need to know about that. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, we do. All right. So in closing, Dr. Busby, if there was one thing that you wanted our listeners to remember from this podcast or one takeaway point, what would that be? Well, at this point, I'm really leaning towards traction that travels. <laughs> traction that travels. <laughs> I think that's great. And you're um, welcome. I will. <laughs> yes, I actually think that I will step away from the toe grips um, line of thinking. And yep. if I could leave one word with your listeners, it would be to say that um, you're a really important part of your dog's healthcare team. So if this is um, a veterinary person involved in, in the world of rehab. I mean, that's so true. If this is a vet tech, that's so true. Of course, for veterinarians, so true. And if this is just, uh, and I shouldn't say just, if this is a pet owner who's listening to better themselves and to learn more, you are an important part of your dog's healthcare team, and it really is a team effort, and we all have something to contribute 
tow grips. I'm in South Carolina. I am shipping tow grips around the world, and I'm blessed to be, in some minuscule way, a part of many dogs' healthcare teams. And so I just never want to minimize that 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 team um, approach, and also the fact that as pet owners, their their information, their feedback, their observations at home are just a really a critical piece of what as as veterinarians and the veterinary industry we base our decisions on to help the pets. I love that because I think, yes, and I think Kathy and I both agree that as rehabbers, you know, we can't be there 24-7. It's the owner that's there 24-7. And so we're often educating, uh, providing home exercises to do, et cetera. And it's so clear when the owner isn't following through because that's how important it is, you know, on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to your point, like these toe grips too, I mean, it's something that, that the pet owner can do it. it, It's empowering. um, It's transformative, you know, for, for the dog and the family. And yes, I agree that, that the pet owner is definitely a, a major player here. Better medicine, I think, is always is always client driven. I'm always driven to mm. to better things and better medicine and better ways because clients want that for their pets. And so, it's, mm-hmm. so well agree. said, my friend. Said. Well said. So, Doctor Busby, where can people find you? We are at toegrips.com. That's T-O-E-G-R-I-P-S.com. And at that website, not only can they look at our, our products, shop our online store where, of course, we sell toe grips, but also we have a weekly blog that we produce uh, focused on dog health and wellness. And that's also in the navigation bar at toegrips.com. I get my weekly blog, too. It comes right to my email. Ah! <laughs> it comes right to my email. So I, get it, I get it. So thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Busby. Thank it's so you. fantastic to talk with you. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank you very, very much. You we'll too. We'll chat again soon. My pleasure. All right. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed our show. Follow us on Facebook or on Instagram at Petability Podcast. For more information about Kathy's books and living with blind dogs, please go to enableyourpet.com. Thank you, and please tune in next time.